It is Monday the 16th of March and this is the Monocle Minute. Today, how have governments around the world reacted to the coronavirus outbreak? Spoke to the White House doctor. He said he sees no reason to do it. There's no symptoms, no anything. Also ahead, pro-democracy protests in Bangkok and the importance of keeping local tourism alive even during a pandemic. I am Marcus Hippie in London. The Monocle Minute starts now. Let's start this week with a recap of what we've learned in the last seven days. Here is our contributing editor, Andrew Muller. We learned that nobody seems too clear on what the correct reaction to a global health emergency actually is. At one extreme, Italy and Denmark and Ireland more or less shut. At the other, the President of the United States at first insisted that none of this was actually happening, or if it was, that it wasn't that big a deal. Spoke to the White House doctor. He said he sees no reason to do it. There's no symptoms, no anything. Later in the week, Donald Trump decided it was a big enough deal to ban travel to the US from European countries inside the Schengen area, but not outside it, which exempts, most obviously, Ireland and the UK. These are, of course, both largely English-speaking countries and also both hosts of Trump golf courses. So we learned that if there is a crisis mighty enough to elevate President Trump above petty xenophobia and venal grifting, this is not it. It's almost reassuring. We learned, taking a broader view, that the spectrum of responses to COVID-19 contains multitudes, which often conformed to national stereotype. As we go to air, at least, the UK's government is going long on keeping calm and carrying on, Prime Minister Boris Johnson deferring conspicuously, and it can only be hoped rightly, to the expertise of the UK's Deputy Chief Medical Officer, Dr Jenny Harries. In this country, we have expert um, modellers looking at what we think will happen with the virus, um, and we've looked at what sorts of interventions might help manage this as we go forward, push the peak of the epidemic forward. Um, and in general... In Germany, Chancellor Angela Merkel calmly and unfussily related the facts as she understood them. Wenn wir, ähm, Sie wissen, dass der Bundesgesundheitsminister Sie auch regelmäßig jetzt mit diesen Wissenschaftlern gemeinsam informiert und Sie werden an der... The irrepressibly mercantile state of New York, where Manhattan souvenir stalls were hawking Osama bin Laden toilet roll by about dinner time on September 12, 2001, announced that it was getting into the hand sanitizer business. State Governor Andrew Cuomo announced the exciting new product at a press conference slash infomercial. This is a superior product to products now on the market. This is 75% alcohol. It also has a, comes in a variety of sizes. It has a very nice floral bouquet. France, in keeping with its tradition for reacting to anything in the most French way possible, restricted gatherings of more than a thousand people, but allowed an exception for demonstrations. It will take more than uppity microbes to deter the French from expressing irritation by flinging cafe tables at the gendarmes. Are you all coming from? From Smurfland, where we belong. Are you talking just like us? 
and elsewhere in France, specifically in Landenau in Brittany, a Smurf festival went ahead, attended by three and a half thousand people dressed as white-capped blue toadstool-dwelling gnomes. We must not stop living, declared the town's mayor. But is that living? Is it? Really? And we learned that Saudi Arabia was not about to miss this opportunity to caricature itself. Saudi state oil firm Aramco apologised after footage went viral, we may need a new expression for this, of one of the company's migrant workers having been made to dress up as a hand sanitizer dispenser. We also learned that George Orwell's famous summation of totalitarian arithmetic may require updating. Two plus two does not, it turns out, equal five. Two plus two, at least when they are the two lots of two terms served by President Vladimir Putin, actually equals zero. On Wednesday, Russia's parliament passed a bill which would allow President Putin to sidestep term limits by officially resetting the number of stints behind the big desk he has already done, those previously alluded to two lots of two, from four to none. Here's Mark Galliotti on Wednesday's briefing. What this simply means is that although the, the, the Russian constitution will say that no one can stand for more than two terms as president, not even just two consecutive terms, what they will say is, but of course the clock gets reset to zero when we change the constitution. The necessary amendment was moved by a Duma deputy from Yaroslavl Oblast, one Valentina Tereshkova. If her name sounds familiar, so it should. On June 16, 1963, Lieutenant Tereshkova of the Soviet Air Force, as she then was, took off aboard Vostok 6 to become the first woman in space. Can I get a grinding of gears sound effect here? Because moving from the first woman in space to the second female US vice presidential candidate from a major American party, we learned that Sarah Palin has returned to public view, which you'll all agree is just what the world needed at this point. It could have been worse. She wasn't running for public office. Instead, the former governor of Alaska was appearing on a televised talent quest dressed as a pink and purple bear, performing Sir mix immortal appreciation of the fuller-figured Woman. Can I be your hype man? Palin, it might be charitably observed, proved a better rapper than she did a running mate. And in fairness, if we've learned anything, not just this week, but in these last three years or so, it's infinitely preferable that nitwitted politicians progress to becoming terrible TV entertainers rather than the other way around. For Monocle 24, I'm Andrew Muller. Last Friday, pro-democracy protesters took to the streets in Bangkok, angry at the economic downturn and the ongoing persecution of the opposition leader. Monocle's Augustin Machilari has the story. On Friday, weeks of dissatisfaction came to a rather modest head in Bangkok when hundreds of pro-democracy protesters took to the streets. Discontent has been building since the progressive opposition Future Forward Party, or FFP, was dissolved in February. This anger only grew last Wednesday with the announcement that the FFP's charismatic leader Thanaton Junroon Rankit, known as TJ, will be charged with breaching electoral law, for which he could face up to a decade in prison. 
On Friday, the international monitoring organisation Human Rights Watch labelled the charges an attack on democracy and called on Thai authorities to drop them. The protests have been compounded by an economic downturn, but, as Friday's mediocre turnout shows, a meaningful pro-democracy movement remains at the mercy of coronavirus. However, expect TJ to keep up the pressure. You can read our interview with the opposition leader in the April edition of Monocle magazine on newsstands from Thursday. As social distancing becomes the norm amid the coronavirus outbreak, Monocle's business editor Venetia Rainey tells us about the importance of keeping local tourism alive, even in the middle of a crisis. So, how was your weekend? Chances are it was a bit of a weird one, perhaps filled with the same conversation on loop, cancelled social engagements and worst-case scenario contingency planning. Don't worry, we're not here to continue the theme. At Monocle, we've always prided ourselves on focusing on the opportunities, the rays of light, or the things that you can do that help, even if only in a small way. You'll have had more than enough advice by now on how to contribute to preventing the spread of the virus, but what about doing your bit to lessen the economic effect of the pandemic? With tourism heavily impacted, some of the worst affected companies will be the consumer-facing ones in hospitality and retail. Millions of ordinary people depend on these vital industries for jobs, many of whom will be struggling to get by as shifts are cut and the usual supplementary flow of tips dries up. But it doesn't need to be like that. Restaurants and cafes already follow strict food hygiene rules, and rest assured, they will be doing even more so at the moment. Plus, remember, that delivery order is still being prepared, packed and transported by humans. At the popular buffet in Singapore's five-star Royal Plaza on Scott's Hotel, for example, measures include spacing all tables a metre apart, requiring diners to use hand sanitizer when they enter, and taking the temperature of all staff twice a day. Shops are taking similar steps. High-end beauty chain Space NK has instructed staff to stop giving makeovers and treatments for the moment as part of a no-touch policy and is incorporating rigorous daily deep cleaning in its stores. Of course, the normal rules should be followed about staying at home if you're sick or if you come into regular contact with vulnerable people. But with a little bit of extra hand-washing and a dash of common sense, there's no reason that perfectly healthy people can't lend their custom to that local hotel, bar or shop down the road that's about to face an extraordinarily tricky period ahead. My thanks to Venetia Rainey. Then, elsewhere on today's agenda, protecting democracy isn't just about putting out raging fires. It's about stopping the arsonists and accelerants that make the fire burn in the first place. Such was the warning from Thomas Haldenwang, head of Germany's domestic security service, which last week announced it was placing part of the far-right alternative for Germany, party under surveillance. It's a sensitive move that might seem extreme to other democracies, but is not unheard of in Germany where neo-Nazi parties are banned. Many AFD supporters insist that their party, despite its far-right views on immigration and Islam, is different. 
North American forests have a new and improved firefighting friend in Viking 415 EAF aerial water bomber, which made its debut flight last week. It's an updated version of a classic, the Canad Air CL214, which was produced by Bombardier until 2015. According to Viking Air, it also boasts the best water drop performance of any plane on the market. The airplane will be delivered to its new owner, Bridge airspace of Bozeman, Montana next month. And Art Basel Hong Kong may not actually be opening its doors later this week, but that doesn't mean that exhibitors won't get to put their wares on display. The fair has launched a series of online viewing rooms to provide a platform for artworks that gallerists were planning to present at their booths. But Art Basel is not the only institution getting creative to cope with the crisis. In Turin, contemporary art museum Castello di Rivoli is also working to make collections accessible online. Such initiatives highlight curators' ability to adapt to testing times and experiment with new ways of helping consumers experience art. Read more about today's stories by subscribing to our daily email bulletin at our website. I am Markus Hippi. The Monocle Minute returns on Tuesday.